Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rota. I will be your host. Uh, with me, I have Father Ryan Moravitz. How are you doing this week, Father? Grand, grand, grand. I'm just grand today. Yeah, what's so grand about it today? Um, well... I don't know. It's a very good day. We had a good staff meeting. We have staff meetings on, on these mornings, so it's always good to get together with the whole team and kind of go around the table. And we were talking Lent and Holy Week and things going on. We've got exciting Lent stuff coming up. Lent's going to be really good this year, I think. We've got some good good programming and good good ideas out there, and Holy Week will be great again, as always. So that was good, and um, had a good meeting with Karen this morning, who's with us today on the show. And then uh, I just had a, a board meeting with Built Upon a Rock Fest, and so um, that's a great group of people to work with, and we just had a really good conversation about that. And so, yeah, now here I am with you guys. And so it's just been a grand day. Yeah. I got some friends in town working on the rectory, which we'll talk about. And Yeah, that's great. Yeah, things are good. Good, good, good. Well, I had a really good breakfast sandwich today. Mm. So usually my breakfast sandwich is egg, cheese, and turkey on an English muffin with a little bit of mustard. But my friends had some avocado, so I put some avocado on it today, and that was just, it was really good. <laughs> so I'm having a grand day. How about that? <laughs> it's a beautiful feast day. It's the same feast day of St. Agnes. Yeah. Beautiful mass. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Well, it, it, it <laughs> you asked. You yeah, know? I did. I did. I, I set myself up for that. So, <laughs> Well, joining us today, like you talked about, is Karen Ball. Karen, um, I'm sure everybody knows you. Oh, I don't know. But um, <laughs> But just in case... They don't. Who is Karen Ball? Well, um, this has actually been my parish for way too many years, most of my life. Um, I work with the youth and family here at St. Lawrence and Holy Family. And um, Karen Ball, what day were you born? Well. You were born today. Today is my birthday. It's Karen's birthday. So if you see Karen this week, say happy birthday. Sing happy birthday. Oh, great. Thanks, Father. Ask her how old she is. It's very polite nowadays to ask that. I am 29. See? I told you. I told you. And she'll tell you, too. <laughs> see? Confession is later, right? <laughs> great. Well, yeah, we're we're um, thankful for you joining us. And, we're yeah, we're going to talk about... Just faith formation, kind of what's going on this year, some highlights, stuff like that. But bef before we do all that, Father, would you lead us in a prayer? Yep. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we, we come before you this day in, in gratitude and thanksgiving and in praise, um, just acknowledging you, you who are the one who gives us life and sustains us in all things. Lord, this week in a particular way, as we acknowledge the anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision, and as people... Um, throughout our country, pray in a particular way. We, we come before you and ask for, uh, that you might stir in our hearts the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death and allow us to, to walk together in promoting a culture of life. Lord, I ask for your blessing upon this podcast and upon us and uh, upon Karen and her role as our director of youth and for faith formation and um, upon our families with, with children. Just ask for your blessing upon them that they might come to, to love you and know you through through the word, through the sacraments, through one another, through serving others. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Bless all those who will listen to this podcast. Help them in, in the midst of their day and in the midst of their week. Lord, we, we love you and we praise you. We pray all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. 
Um, well, do you want to give us an update on what's going on this week? Yeah, so a few different things. Um, one is, you know, I know there's some folks um, going to some of the different marches um, tomorrow on Wednesday um, for the March for Life, which happens. I know the sisters are going to be, the handmaids are going to be going, on, going down to the cities um, for that, and some others participate in different events. So it's really good and important thing to do to acknowledge um, the reality of this court decision in our nation and what it's done to us. Um, and and to to try to do everything we can to to save lives in the womb, um, in particular. So, um, so th I know some folks are doing that or acknowledging it in different ways. God bless you in that. You know, stand in love. That's the key. Stand in love. Um, and then yeah, yeah, other things going on. Um, you guys just told me that you're rearranging the offices. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess that's going on. Sometimes the priest doesn't always know what's going on, but you know, just informed before we started the show here that you guys are rearranging the offices, eh? Gonna Who, try. Who's getting mine? Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of feeling a little uh I don't know, targeted maybe, Father. <laughs> because my office used to be mine only and now I'm sharing that with just one person but two. Which has been actually a blessing, but um I just have the stuff. I have too much stuff. And don't tell my husband I said that. Because We've he got would this agree. Recorded now. I know. <laughs> now I'm really in trouble. I would agree too. I know. I need it's to just Clutterville in there. I can't help it. It's all good. Actually It looks uh, like my house. <laughs> well, it will be taken care of in the next couple of weeks here. So More or less. So it hopefully, is hopefully <laughs> hopefully less. It is if you've ever been to the offices at St. Lawrence, they're um they leave something to be desired, to be honest. <laughs> They um, do. My, my office is very nice. I really like my office. It's a good size. It's got the big window, uh, which is really helpful. And, uh, and yeah, but um, Stephanie, you know, is right there when people walk in. So, like, for Stephanie to just be able to get work done because she's, like, the first face everybody sees and everybody asks. Like, she, it's tough for her to get mm -hmm. stuff done. And then the three of you are in one room sharing a space that is, you know... Uh, yeah, it's just crammed in there, and then you guys are desk hopping a little bit, especially Dan. When mm -hmm. we brought Dan on, we just don't have an office space for him. It's got a bathroom, though. It does <laughs> have a bathroom. <laughs> it's a little bit of an awkward bathroom because of the way that the offices are laid out. I mean, it it's is just, awkward. It's just that reality, but it's good, you know. I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So anyways, that's. Uh, <laughs> it's good to hear you guys are coming up with some plans for rearranging. I don't know how you're going to do it because it's quite a space, but yeah, us either. Yeah, we're not sure either. So, but it you will know, be special. You guys make do really well. I'm really proud of you and grateful. You know, <laughs> they whine a lot too, folks. They whine and whine and whine mm, about it. Not so sure about that. But I think okay. I whine more than anyone Dan, else. So. Dan's a big whiner about <laughs> but it. But so. he probably has the right to whine. You yeah, because he gets moved. Like one of you comes in and like, and then he's got to move, and he goes, and you know, he's constantly having to move. That's why we got him a laptop. You know. Poor Dan. He does Poor pretty me. good work though. Poor me. You know, it works yeah. out. It works out. So yeah, so that's going on. Um, I, I, you know, I told people that last week and and over the weekend, you know, that we're doing some work in the basement at the rectory. You know, one of the big things I like to remind people is that it's not my rectory; it's our rectory, and in many ways, it's your rectory as parishioners. Um, it's part of uh, what you provide for your pastor. Um, we don't get a big salary, so you you pay me a small salary. Um, and then you uh, provide housing and, and food for me. And so that's what's budgeted each year for the priest is a small salary. 
um, along with the benefits, insurance. I have insurance and dental um, that the parish pays for. Um, and then um, a house, a place to live, and my food. So that's, as you know, as you're throwing money in the Sunday basket, and you wonder, where does all this go? You know, it, it does go to the plowing and all these different things. But it also goes to, to you know, take care of the priest. And that's not just me. It's any priest that will ever serve here. So the house is yours. The house is um, for a future priest as well. You know, and so whenever I'm doing something with a rectory, and I've done stuff with a lot of rectories, I'm always thinking, too, about the, fut- the next priest. Like, what's going to be good for him as well in terms of his well-being and just a, a good living space to be able to to pray, to be able to unwind, to be able to rest, <laughs> to be able to entertain and have friends and family over. There's lots of dynamics to a, a, a good living space for your pastor, um, for your priest. And so one of the things that we're doing re- this week um, is <laughs> I, I've talked about it with, you know, kind of repeating, but we found black mold. When we got to the black mold, we had to pull some walls out. We found a foundational problem. Um, so we had to correct the foundation that had been kicked out and realized the blocks hadn't been filled in, you know. We got behind that, and we found, uh, you know, behind the walls too, and we found that they're not insulated behind there. And so we <laughs> realized the efficiency. So a lot of this is efficiency, bringing the rectory up to efficiencies according to kind of modern standards, if you will. Um with that, we also talked with the finance council the reality of that, that there was electric heat in the rectory. In every room, there were electric, you know, baseboards. Literally, the electric bill, like from October or so to March or April, was just as large, if not larger, than the church electric bill. Crazy. Like that, those because they were old electric baseboards. I mean, we were it was ridiculous. So we had been talking too. So we, when we found the black mold, I kind of stepped back and said, "Let's get gas into the house." Let's get a furnace. There's not air conditioning. Let's put in central air. Let's forced forced um, forced air. So we had to go in and we had to you know put that in. And so it basically you know one little thing added on you know like projects go right folks. And so you know we we ended up have basically having to gut and did gut the basement. Thanks you know Jim Walner and his boys have volunteered a lot of time. Um, Jim especially. Um, so I'm really grateful to him. So anyways, so where we've got a new furnace, we are no longer heating the whole house with electricity. Um, and so the vents are all put in. Um, we're going to be double layering insulation on those walls, those basement walls, which is going to help us a lot. Uh, as you get to cleaning, too, and you start pulling things down, you realize maybe just how dirty things have gotten over the years, which in the basement was the case with some different dynamics. Um you know, way back in the day, and, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, the culture was different. So people, for instance, you know, uh, yeah, they just, like, I'm talking about smoking. So, you know, reality is people smoked in their homes, um, and smoking wasn't, we didn't know as much back then, whatever the case is, or cigars or anything like that. But the reality is in that basement, there was folks that, that smoked down there, and there's, there's evidence of that as you start to really look really kind of look at stuff. So anyways, so we're making it cleaner um, and just making the, the space more usable um, for current standards and everything. So I have some, you know, we're a church as well. And I've got some, I've got three friends that were up yesterday, actually four, and they're volunteering their time to help us on our rectory. And they're not even from Duluth. You know, they drove two hours to spend a couple of days volunteering to work on our rectory. 
um, which I'm super grateful for because that saves a ton of money, a ton of money. And so, um, anyways, that's what we're doing. We're we're I was just over there, um, and they're plugging away. Um, so, uh, so yeah. After this is done, um, the rector's going to be um, up to par and up to standards, and we're already seeing savings. You know, I was just talking to Stephanie this morning. She was telling me something about. She said the electric bill difference is massive, and hopefully we'll be able to get those out once we have a little bit more of a track record and be able to look at how we are saving and what we're saving and whatnot. So um, I've talked too long once again. Dan, <laughs> Dan's looking at me like, Father. Hey, no, it's a it's, uh, good update on what's going on. Yeah, it's important for people to know about what, what's happening, you know, in the cluster. You know, because we've done some improvements at Holy Family at the church, and We've started a capital improvement plan there. Uh, the lights are coming next, folks. Uh, we're going to finance council meeting tonight where I'm going to talk to folks about um, fixing some of the lighting at Holy Family in some areas, which is efficiency and sufficiency and longevity. So I look at sufficiency, efficiency, and longevity. How can we improve those things or where do we need to improve those things um, to get us in a better place on a lot of levels? Um, sufficiency, efficiency, and longevity whether it's the rectory or the buildings or the office space, whatever, it's important to evaluate these things and, and stay on top of it and not kind of just keep deferring it. I'm a let's get her done kind of guy, so. Okay, I just talked long again, Dan. You can just jump in. Jeez, we're at 14 minutes almost. <laughs> we got Karen well, here. We want to listen to Karen. No, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Keep talking. Well, Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll just mute, mute your mic. That's the, the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the pastor side, the administrating side. That we should have a portable mute button. Yeah, oh, that, that'd be great. Don't uh, you think? Not necessarily for father, but, you know. Hey, I, my last meeting went <laughs> late. I missed lunch. So, I mean, I could mute myself and walk right out of here if you want. Sure, oh. why not? Oh. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> oh, so Karen. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're here. We're going to talk about faith formation, um, kind of get an update on what's going on. I know you and father, you're, you're both kind of tag teaming a lot of the stuff that's going on. Um, but, uh, you know, I, this is my first year here at this parish so everything's kind of new to me you know it's kind of uh but i know that this year the faith formation is really new for everyone right uh so do you want to kind of give us like an overview of how like how the year has been going and kind of maybe later we can get into different um kind of highlights and some changes and stuff like that but just kind of want to give us an overview of how it's come how it's going from from your point of view well i really feel like we have hit on a gem of a programming um, basis for our families. Not only are we pro-family, but um, we're all about teaching them about Jesus. And um, the folks that are taking part seem to be feeling as though they're being fed spiritually, um, fed physically. And it's just been, um, it's been a great year on my end. Have there been a few stressors here and there? Yep, because it is looking new. But Nothing that I would say we're scrapping this. Um, I really feel like our families are all in, and the ones that maybe are on the fringes are starting to understand what our point is. And we've always said, you know, community, building community and teaching them the faith has to come first. So I really feel like we're doing a good job of that. What do you think, Father? Yeah, I think it's it's it's... <laughs> Don't, I could get rolling on this because you <laughs> so know there's that, 14 more minutes. How passionate I am about the I'm getting mute. <laughs> um, it's I think it's going really well. It's it's a big change and part of 
how we structure things is because of our space. You know, I mean, you're talking about the space in our buildings and how that works too. But it's bringing bringing our young people and families together. But it's growing in the Lord. This is the thing. I'll I'll, I'll try to only say this: we're not a school; we're a parish. And I'm a strong believer that we can't try to act like a school um, for an hour once a week. It just, it has not been very effective. And that's how, you know, catechetical programs have been run for 40, 50 years. And they haven't really changed a whole lot, um, you know, over the years. And a lot has changed in the world and in the culture and in families. And it's not that, you know, previous people didn't do good work. It's just the reality, like, the format doesn't work anymore. It doesn't, it's not as effective in truly doing what we, we we need to be doing, and that's helping people build and grow in lifelong relationship with the Lord. So it's really stepping back, and we've kind of stepped back and said, how, how do we live as a parish and, and encourage our young people to live out the Catholic faith while learning, while growing, while praying, while serving, doing that together? And I think we're, we're hitting, we're hitting some, some really good points, Karen. I agree. I think the way that you've encouraged people and, uh, you know, the people, here's the thing, the people that are participating in it seem to be experiencing the fruit of it. Some people walk away because they don't want change or they want just a simple cut and dry kind of thing. And it's like, a simple cut and dry just was not working, folks. It was not working, you know? Um, and it, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to go cut and dry. See, I'm getting going here. It's easy to go cut and dry, like just come and work your way through the workbook and, you know, get confirmed you know, get your first communion, but people, that has not sustained people in the Catholic faith. It hasn't, you know, so it hasn't worked. And, you know, we had a conversation with, um, and I've had multiple conversations with people. And one of the things that I, I challenge people on is like, let our, our age, I say, go look at your confirmation picture. How many people are still walking in the Catholic faith from your confirmation picture? And I'll tell you what, if I went and looked at mine, and I don't know where everybody's at. I really don't. I'm not up to speed with everybody. But I'll bet you it's one to three of us, and I'm one of them. Hmm. And as people say, well, it worked for you, Father. And I'm like, no, it was, I'm an anomaly. And I had other things. I had other things that drew me into my relationship with the Lord. It was not my religious education program. And the people that were doing it are good and great. They, they had no ill intentions. They weren't doing anything. Michael, it just didn't feed my generation. So yeah, so we're doing some different things. Yeah, <laughs> Karen, yeah. talk about those. <laughs> Jeez, oh man. Yeah, yeah. So what what are some of the some of the changes that have been made this year that I think he, that that maybe have made some some of the larger impacts that you've seen? Well, I think the biggest impact has been um, responding to some requests from some parents who said if our faith is supposed to be at the crux of our being, if if Jesus. And being Catholic is supposed to be a daily walk. Why are we cramming Sunday school and church in one day? Why not make it a second experience throughout the week? And that really kind of hit me upside the head because I was like, you're right. It's like, hurry up, get out of the house, go to Sunday school. Okay, after Sunday school, maybe go to Mass. And then the rest of the week, forget Jesus. So this is, um, I was really excited about that opportunity because then having two experiences during the week that are set aside just for our faith has to make more of an impact on our young people. It just, 
it simply has to. Um, so, so saying goodbye to Sunday school and incorporating families as part of our group on Wednesday nights, that just has been overwhelming. Um, we're cooking for between 100 and 125 young people every other week and their families. So that would be preschool through fourth graders, and I think it's going really well. Uh, the families that come, they're saying, wow, I never knew that. I never learned that. And and these kids are getting it at 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years old. So to be able to go home and discuss that after being here together, that's another beautiful thing. Can you can you talk about what those nights? So we have we have younger disciples, older disciples. So what you just described is for our younger disciples, so our kind of our elementary age kids. Can you talk about what the evening, the full evening, just the, the flat out schedule looks like? Sure. So um, we gather at five thirty for mass, and um, unfortunately, some folks can't get here right then. But Father has been very open. Whenever you can get here, you know, whether it's 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, come. Just, just come. And it's a simple daily mass. Right, There's right. no music, just regular daily mass. Right. So, and the kids kind of like that because it's not as long, just to be honest with you. Um, so, so from 5.30 to 6 or so, we have mass. At 6 o'clock, we serve dinner. And 6.30 to 7, the kids go in the church with their families and father, and they receive a lesson. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of the whole night in that hour and a half. Um, it's, it's just been so fun though, to watch the fruits of what we're trying to do, because all of a sudden families who had never, ever talked to each other before on a Sunday, because they only see each other across the sanctuary, all of a sudden they're sitting together, joining each other for a meal. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I didn't know your kids were this age, you know? So that's beautiful. We had a, last week I talked about, um, I taught on Mary the last two weeks. I taught on Mary for the younger kids and the older kids. And with the younger kids, it's great because the parents are there. And so I gave a really practical thing after talking about some of the dynamics of what we believe about Mary and gave them an outline for praying the rosary, praying a rosary in a week. So on Sunday, name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, do the sign of the cross, do the Our Father, do three Hail Marys, do the Glory Be and the Fatima Prayer. And then on Monday, name the first mystery, pray in Our Father, ten Hail Marys, Glory Be. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you pray all one mystery a, a, a day. And then on Saturday, pray the, the Hail Holy Queen um, and be done. Um, so I, I, it, what, what I had a mom and a young daughter come up to me. And she was, the little girl was so excited. She said, Father, we prayed the whole rosary. I said, so you did it through the week? No, like in one sitting. And I looked at mom wow. and she's like, she said, Father, she said, we started, you know, and we were just going to do the little part. And she looked at me, and she's like, Mom, let's keep going. You know, so her and her mom, for the first time, prayed the rosary together. Nice. And part of that is because they were there together. So Mom heard the message. Mom heard what, what I was encouraging them to do. And then the child calls them forth on it, and it really helps as a family. So it's like those kind of fruits are the things that I think are are. I just love that. So that's neat. The other interesting part of our program, um, when when there's teaching one week, the next week there's something different, and that something different is actually trying to teach them to live the works of mercy and doing service for others. Um, definitely the highlight of the year, from my standpoint, from the people that received it, as well as the kids and the families doing it was when they delivered Christmas cookies to our homebound. 
Um, oftentimes it sounds like some of the homebound people feel like they are kind of forgotten since they can't be in the fringes of mass. And the young people are like, I didn't know that this person was part of our church. And so to bring them a plate of cookies and a Christmas card and to visit them was just simply incredible to hear about. The kids loved it. The people who received it loved it. And the families were like, good project. So trying to do more um, projects that really show, you know, get out there and do things for other people. And why not start and do it in the name of Jesus? So that's been great. And then the very unique um, portion of the, the Young Disciple Group is... I think it ends up being five times over the year. They meet in what we call family groups. And so I've paired them with other people, um, whether it's in their community or close to their address or ages of children, and we give them a lesson to do together. You know, it brings Jesus into their home. It's not just, hey, we, we celebrate Jesus when we go to church and church only. No, it should be in our home. We should be able to pray with other people, not just during Mass. So that's been interesting to watch. Also, um, the families that are taking part, are sure seeming to like it. Um, they get together for a potluck dinner or some, there's another group that's actually going out to a different restaurant each time. So, Hey, bonus, nobody has to cook. But, um, that just is, again, that community building piece. And anytime you can bring Christ into that, that's just, a, I think it's amazing. So that's the younger disciples. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you want to kind of talk to us about the, the older disciples? You know, I think they are experiencing less of a change, you know, um, they they come, and, and one of the things that we're doing is we're trying to feed them good, healthy dinners. Last week, we made them chili and homemade chicken noodle soup, and the kids were like, wow, that's that's awesome, thanks. Um, and you're doing a great job with those two, Karen. Oh. Folks. She's, she's making those meals. So. Well, I couldn't do it without some help, so yeah. thank you to yeah, our helpers. But, um, but that's been a lot of fun, too, because just for the kids to get to sit down and relax have a meal, visit with other kids that they might not see, because we do have seven different high schools of kids in our program. That's pretty incredible yeah, that's right there. That's crazy. Um, that's been really nice. And then then they go into the church, you know, with, with talk, and Father talks to them about whatever lesson he is going to present, and then they go into their small groups. And we have some pretty incredible small group leaders this year, and Dan has graciously accepted to be one of those. And whether or not he always feels successful, I know the kids that he has feel loved. So that's that's what that's about. So um, biggest change for them is the actual dinner, not just a grab-and-go snack. Um, and then they, too, have been doing some service opportunities. So it's it's been just a fun change. So they also so they get a half-hour lesson, a half-hour small group time, and then they come back into the church, and then we do a half-hour adoration. Yes, they do. And... and um, we have been blessed because prior to Father Ryan taking over for our flock, we never were able to present this to our youth. So this is new to them. And to watch how they how they embraced Im- adoration in the beginning to how they do now is just like day and night. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had a, quote, optional adoration night. We had over 100 people for optional adoration. And it was just... I was blown away. And to know that these kids are just sitting quietly, some of them might just be sitting in the peace. Some of them might just be listening to the music. But so many of them look like they are truly talking with Jesus. It's just, it is, I, I, 
incredible. And I'm sure I said that word too many times. It's but always it's always one of the most powerful moments of the week for me. Oh, for sure. Is the adoration time. Oh, yeah. for sure. And I think for the kids. And these same kids that end up going to camp or going on retreats or taking part in the mission trips and whatnot, because they now know what this is, it means even more. So that gift of adoration is, it's just, I, I don't know. It's way over the top ex- exciting. It's a lifelong gift, too. Like, people don't realize sometimes that helping young people, and anybody, but young people understand what it means to sit in the presence of the Lord in adoration and how to do that and the experience of that, both the ritual of it, but also the, the spiritual element of praying in the midst of that and getting them comfortable and used to that. This is a lifelong gift. Is. That's going to keep them coming back to the Lord because now they know how to. Part of like going to the Lord is knowing how to go to the Lord or just being being allowed the experience consistently of being able to go to the Lord. You know, and, and that's what we've we've developed and been able to do with these kids. Absolutely. It's just I, I cannot tell you enough how grateful I am that the gift of adoration has been brought to St. Lawrence and Holy Family because the kids are growing. The adults are growing. We have parents that will join us. So anybody and everybody that wants to come is more than welcome. Um, it just, there's so much energy, beautiful energy in the room. So a lot yeah. of you, if you're listening, you know, you, you're kind of like, boy, that sounds like really a great thing. Well, be ready for Lent because we're going to we're gonna do a few things in Lent that kind of mimic what we're doing on Wednesday night because we've had a lot of folks say, we wish we could have something like that. So in Lent, we're going we're gonna to have a little something for, for folks. Uh, that's kind of mimics what we do with kids Wednesday night. So that'll be fun. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, can you? Can, I know we're we're close to out of time, but I'm gonna ignore Dan here on this one, and I'm just gonna roll. So classic, folks. You get you get extra extra time this week. Bonus. Um, can you talk a little bit about what those small groups mean? You know, I mean, and kids are are busy all the time. And anyways, can you just talk about what? That seems to be a really important thing for the kids. Can you can you expound on that a little bit or tell any story on that? Well, one of the things that I've noticed working with youth over the years is they want to be heard. They want to know that their thoughts and their opinions and their feelings matter. And so these kids get to go into a small group. Um, our, our boys' groups are a little bit larger than our girls, but um, they don't talk as much as girls, so maybe that works out. Uh, but they're able to digest the lesson that they heard. They talk a little bit about, you know, hey, how's your week going? I know um, one girl in one of the small groups got really excited to learn about St. Faustina and went out and bought the book. And so each week they talk a little bit more about the Divine Mercy. And so it's just one of those things where you show that you care about these kids and that they're wanted and loved and heard. And their faith is just it's growing by leaps and bounds because they feel like they can trust their small group leader. They can bring things to them. They can say, Hey, tell me about this. You know, I, I struggle with this particular situation or, or, or theology tidbit. Can you help me with that? And, and their leaders work through that with them. So again, it's just letting them be seen and heard um, and loved is just one of those things that sometimes a lot of these kids don't get in their daily life. So, Again, it sets them aside and, and hopefully helps them build that relationship. Karen, I, you're doing a fantastic job. Um, it's a lot of work. Thank you. And it's a lot I of try. It's a lot of um, directions, you know. But 
I do think that this is bearing fruit and you know the people that are fully participating in it are experiencing I think some of the graces and fruits of it and I know they are yeah. you know and so that's that's a big part of like you know and and yeah it, it yeah you're just doing a really really nice job and keep Thank up the hard father. work I, you this guy's Karen as many of you know she's she's full bore full on fully dedicated um she puts in a lot of hours and a lot of work and uh and shuffle, you know, juggles a lot of dynamics, you know, because that's part of running a youth program. Because families are busy, and like she said, we've got seven high schools. That's always one of those things where we're scratching our head. Like, these kids are coming from all over, and they're all coming from different schedules because of, you know, where they're going to school and what's going on with sports and everything. So you just juggle a lot and, and do a lot of good work. And so we're very grateful, and the Lord's doing good things through you, Karen. So. Well, thank you. I feel very blessed to be a part of the youth program here and this parish just means so much to me so i love every, i love them all <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for joining us karen you know, it's good uh good to be able to for for people you know whether they have kids in the program or or don't you know and just to just to know kind of what's going on and how things are changing and all the good things that are happening because uh you know these these kids they're gonna they're gonna be running steering the ship someday Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, so, Dan. So, yeah, it's great. And, yeah, you know, hopefully in the future we'll, we'll continue to have you, have you on and check in and see how things are going. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us this week, and we hope to see you next week. May God bless you, and may Jesus Christ be praised.